After one of the quieter weekends in world soccer, there is still plenty to talk about on today's SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsa. What's up, buddy? How's it going, Garrett? It's going well, man. I uh, had a pretty good weekend. I think you had a good weekend, too. So we're ready to have a uh, great show today. Yeah, I mean, uh, above all, I was able to get some rest, get some sleep finally. Uh, I, uh, For those who didn't catch on last show... I was pretty much delirious from not having slept. I think I slept like hilarious. an hour. I slept like an hour and a half. The, the the day the day of I didn't even sleep the night before, and then uh, I didn't re- like I felt fine actually. I got my second win that day, and I thought I was good to go. But by the end of that night, when we did the show, I was losing <laughs> my mind. I mean, it was to the point where I was starting I was starting sentences or starting like rants on talking about one thing and then I would finish talking about something altogether different and I wouldn't even know I was making the transition but thankfully Garrett Garrett's production skills yeah were, were able to clean most of that up I think there was only one that got through and what I, I'm sure no there was one there was one that got through that well, I, I, I can only do I, my best it was hilarious I know, but though. it was still funny I, I wanted to keep it so bad though there was one thing you were talking about something you're talking about like the U.S. men's national team or something like that. Then all of a sudden, you then started talking about Orlando City and Miami and MLS expansion <laughs> teams mid-sentence. And I stopped you, and you're just like, what did I just say? And I was just like, I, I, I don't even know what you just said. I lost my mind. Yeah, it was it great. Was, it was well, you funny. know, it, ju- it just shows you what happened. I mean, hey, I tell you what, sleep sleep deprivation is a serious thing. And, uh, you know, from my, from my poker playing days when I used to, like, play 30 hours straight. What? I used to be, I used to be pretty good. But then once you get to that second day – once you've gone to like 48 hours with not much sleep, you can unless you're like a trained Navy SEAL, it's going to start messing with your mind. How do you play for 30 hours straight? I get so bored with poker after a while. Well, because you don't, you're not a poker player. Anyone who plays poker can tell you that like playing, you know, 15, 20 hours, 30 hours, as long as you've had a good night's sleep the night before, it can be done for sure. I, I, Especially I, if you're winning. If you're winning, if you're winning money, then then it's a lot easier. But if you're losing, chances are you're not going to play that long. See, I could do that with blackjack, not not poker, but. 30 hours that's insane man um i only did it once i only did it once. uh well I, I didn't get any sleep this weekend so we'll see how my performance is going to be on today's show ivis yeah we'll see you set the bar pretty low so it's all right <laughs> that, is, that is true <laughs> um on today's sbi show as we said tons to talk about ivis and i are going to recap the latest mls news from over the weekend we're going to talk a little bit of college soccer we know how much everyone just loves college soccer but we're going to talk about it till the draft on almost Every other show, I'd say, probably. We'll have, a, we'll have a lot to talk about with college soccer. But first and foremost, U.S. men's national team played to a snooze-fest draw against Scotland. Tale of two halves. First half, ugly. Second half, eh, a little better. Overall, though, Ivis, just a very poor performance and one of the worst performances that we've seen out of the U.S. men's national team. It was pretty forgettable, the first half especially. I mean, you really have to break it into two halves. I thought the second half was promising. There were some chances created. Uh, but the first half was just really flat and uh, just no energy. Uh, the team just looked awful. And uh, you had to feel for some of the guys who, you know, really were trying to put in good performances. 
when the guys around them just aren't getting the job done. And, and, and it wasn't a case of one or two guys. It was a few guys who just didn't bring it in the first half. But the, in the second half, you saw some subs come in and provide some energy. And it was a much better performance in the second half, something to build on. And, uh, you know, I know some people look at the game and think, oh, what a waste of time. It definitely wasn't a waste of time because you learned good things about some players and you learned bad things about some others. But at least you're, you know, formulating an opinion, formulating, you know, if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, you're formulating a good idea about who you can count on, who you can't count on, and who you can play in certain positions. That's true. And and I think the thing that's most important about these games is the individual thing because I think when you look at the team, you have certain guys who are penciled in no, no matter what, barring some injury or some unfortunate setback. You know, Tim Howard, Michael Bradley, Josie Atzador, I mean, those guys are penciled in. They're going to Brazil. But I think what we're going to be looking for, Ivis, as you just said, individual performances. How are guys looking? How are guys performing here or there? And you said it best. I mean, first off, you have the grades on your website. Everyone can check that out, soccerbyivis.net. And then you had a really good piece on goal, uh, the, the other website that you uh, help out, well, you contribute to, excuse me. Uh, and you went into further detail about certain players, and, and you brought up a really good point. I was thinking this throughout the entire match. Eddie Johnson, that left wing, that experiment has to come to an end. It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, the thing, the thing about it is it worked the first time, and it was in the rain in Antigua, and he scored the two goals. And after that, it was, it, it, it's, like, it, it's like if you play, a, you play a long shot and you hit, and then you keep playing it, eventually the odds are going to come around and, it's, and you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've seen here. Against weaker competition, can you get away with Eddie Johnson you know, doing his stepovers, doing his, his attempts <laughs> to run at people? Yeah, sure. But when you get into slightly better competition, when you get into European competition, he is not going to do it. He is not beating anybody on the dribble. It's not happening. He doesn't combine well. He doesn't cross well. So if he doesn't give you any of those things and he's not giving you the work rate, then he absolutely should not be on the field. And I thought that 45 minutes from him was atrocious. I mean, uh, when he wasn't being invisible, he was turning the ball over. So it's like you can't be – you know, you can't ask for a worse performance. And, you know, look, in fairness to him, he's a forward, right? Yeah. He's a forward. He can give you things at forward. He he can play the target forward. He can run off people. He's a good option there. But the whole left wing thing, I think Klinsman needs to put that one to bed. And and the other thing, too, is the interesting thing about him playing left wing is he did start at left wing against Bosnia. But remember when he scored the goal? When USA switched, when Jurgen switched to two forwards up top, Josie did all the work, laid it out for Eddie Johnson. That's how he got the goal in that game. Not on the left wing. He was playing up top after the formation change. Another guy that you talked about on your on, on your piece, Ivis, that I'm glad you said this because I've been thinking this for a while. This guy has tons of upside when he's on, but when he's off, he is just, I'm sorry, he's not a good player. Jermaine Jones. There's a big-time question mark, and you have a midfield that is stacked with some guys that we could see out there, different guys, Mixed Discrew, Kyle Beckerman, Sasha Kleschen. I mean, a guy like Jermaine Jones, Ivis, he needs to kind of step it up if he really wants to have a starting spot going to Brazil. It's an interesting one because when, when he's on his game, when he's at his best, he's better than pretty much everyone except Michael Bradley, right? But he just doesn't bring that every single time. And you could argue the point that, oh, you know, he steps it up in big games, he steps it up when he, when he needs to, but... You know, you just can't be that inconsistent. And I think the thing with him is, you know, it's such a wide disparity between his best and his worst. And that's, and you know, if you want to be a really effective international player, like you have to have kind of a baseline where you're not letting your your form dip too low. And he does that. And, uh, you know, I was reading on the site, some people commented that they thought he did well. And, uh, you know, my thing is this, right? He just he kind of disappeared at times and he seemed a little disinterested. It wasn't a case of him turn. He wasn't a turnover machine. 
like he was, say, in Costa Rica mm-hmm. or in Honduras. He just kind of was like – looked a little disinterested, right? I mean he kept the ball decently. He knocked it around, but he just wasn't the presence that he needs to be to be on the field. And if he can't give you that, you got to start looking elsewhere. You have to start looking at other options. There are other guys that you could partner with Bradley that I think would give you a de- – uh, 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 that give you a decent – a better combination – than, than Jermaine Jones does when he's so inconsistent. But that, that's what that's what it's going to have to come down to is, is Jurgen Klinsmann uh, letting Jermaine Jones know that you got to bring it every game. You can't half-ass it one game and be amazing the next game and then disappear the next game. You, you can't we, you can't have that, especially at the World Cup. You know you can't afford any slip-ups in a tournament like that. So, so the, something's got to be done there. Well, and I think what compounded it too for a guy like Eddie Johnson and Jermaine Jones is that their subs who come in, Breck Shea looks unbelievable, and then mixed his crew comes in, and he looks pretty good with Michael Bradley, which made it even worse for those two guys. I mean, and you talk about performances, Ivis, for Breck Shea and mixed his crew coming off the bench. I mean, Breck Shea doesn't get any minutes at Stoke City, but, I mean, once again, second-half super sub, he comes in and, I mean, makes Jurgen look like a genius yet again. I don't know if I used the word, used the word unbelievable to describe what Breck Shea did. Breck Shea had a decent performance. He had a good showing. He had a couple of nice uh, sequences there where he looked good. He he set up Johansson on the one, uh, you know. There's you know the one sequence where he really toasted a defender. He's oh he did well. He did well, and and it's impressive even more so because he's not playing for Stoke. And, and you figure he he's not going to get it done because he's just not playing. But uh, it just shows you that he can still be an option off the bench, and 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 it's it's kind of becoming his thing. For me though, I still think if he's not getting playing time between now and the summer, if he's stuck at Stoke City for the next six months. Uh, I don't care. I don't care what he's showing here. You, you, you can. I don't know if you can afford to bring him to to Brazil. He's got to find somewhere and get playing time. But it is encouraging that he's still that he's looking good. He looks healthy, uh, and that's a big thing with him. Obviously, coming off the foot foot surgery a while back, and, and you know there were some questions about foot issues that he was having. Mm-hmm. So it's good to hear that he's doing better there. Um, as far as some of the other guys coming off the bench, Johansson for me, I thought he was the the real. Uh, threat there. I thought he looked really good. I know he he had one really good chance saved well. He had one chance he pulled wide, but I mean he just keeps he keeps setting up chances for himself. He puts himself in positions to score. He combines well. His touch is incredible. Uh, he is he is the future. I, I, I tell you what, I think he's a guy who needs to start ASAP. I think the Altador Johansson tandem needs to get put together as soon as possible. Get those guys playing together. Get them familiar with each other. And I think I think you could have yourself a pretty good forward tandem for a good good long time got another guy that came off the bench so well first off uh what what do we what percentages do we give that chris wandalowski appearance what do we say i think we said zero percent for that i don't know what are you talking about well on the last show we, we said the chances that wandalowski actually sees the field because we were talking about the uh why did he even get called up and you know we we're saying that he'd never see the field i was surprised that he actually uh got on the field for nine minutes well i don't remember the last show so you're really parking oh up the wrong are street. you serious you don't even remember that do you not remember the last show and what happened the last show and how I that was totally delusional that show? I, you're like the king of everything. You like you you're like a database of knowledge. I expect you to remember. I, it, I, no matter I what. hadn't slept for two days, man. There was no way I was gonna like remember that show. Trust me. Oh my gosh, I have to go back. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to it. Well, anyways, I was on the last show talked about how we you and I both gave Chris Wondolowski zero percent chance of getting in the field, but he got on the field when we don't need to talk about Wondolowski. One player I do want to talk about Eric Lehigh. Tons of, of chatter from once. Ivis, why is he not getting called up? Why is he not getting called up? Finally gets called up. Didn't see the field that much, but out of, I think, his 15 minutes, what did you see out of him? Well, it was not, there wasn't much to do. I mean, I thought he did well. He looked, 
he looked comfortable. I mean, that's all, you know, he didn't look nervous. I mean, he, why would he be? He's, he's played before, he's played on a national team before. So he looked okay there. And it wasn't necessarily a great game from Brad Evans. He had a couple shaky moments. He did okay. He was, but he I was think, poor uh, distributing out of the back. He, he could not, I mean, there was about six turnovers he had with Josie out the door. It was, he, I, Brad Evans did not have a good game. Well, I'll tell you what. For me, I would like to see um, Eric Lehigh start the next game. You know, I think I think he's you know he's someone you need to look at. You need to see where he fits in with the rest. And Brad Evans has played a ton of games now. You don't really need to see any more of him. I think Lee, you have an opportunity to see Lehigh. He's in camp. He's playing regularly, starting regularly for his club team. Get him on the field. Give him a ninety minutes to show what he can do, or give him a start. Give him seventy minutes. Give him a real opportunity. To show what he can give you, and I'm telling you, he could really take a hold of that job because if the whole, we don't know what's going on with Steve Trundolo, Tim Chandler is in Siberia <laughs> or in Jurgen Klinsmann's Siberia, uh, so it's wide open, and Lehigh could absolutely take that position now that he's in the team. And if he gets this start against Austria, I think it could be the first step towards him grabbing that job. In the center back position, I think you kind of have. You could almost make a case for a four-man race right there for those two spots. I have Omar Gonzalez, Jeff Cameron, uh, Clarence Goodson, and Matt Beasler. And in this match, though, I thought Omar Gonzalez looked pretty good. Jeff Cameron, I think he had a little rust, but for the most part, I think these two guys did uh, pretty well for the U.S. back there. I thought they did. I thought I thought I thought Omar Gonzalez did really well. Uh, Cameron, he definitely showed that you know he doesn't play center back. He doesn't get the reps at center back, and that's what I don't think people realize is that when you look at the, over the course of his career. The number of actual games he's played at center back, it's not that many. So he, he, he can play there. He can be very good there, but he needs games. He needs repetitions at the position to be at 100% at that position. And I think at the beginning, early in that game, he got caught out a few times. He, he definitely looked, looked like out of position, but he got better as the game went on. Second half, he actually started getting into the attack. He even started getting forward a bit from center back, kind of a liberal type situation there. And he looked good. So, you know, I, is he going to start? I don't. I don't. I still think he's behind, uh, you know, Omar Gonzalez and Matt Beaster, But I think he's a great option there. There's a, quite a few guys that you could say are in that mix. You know, you, you obviously have Clarence Goodson. John Brooks is someone who could still oh, come yeah, yeah, along. I forgot about him too. Yeah, John Brooks is is going to make a play for that. I mean, I I think he still has a ways to go. He still has some learning to do. Uh, I'm not ready to jump into the whole he's the future of the center back position uh, talk that I think some people are trying to push, but. Uh, I think he's a promising player. That's and it's pretty amazing too when you think about it. I mean, what, what were we talking about when we first started this show, Ivis? You know, around January, February, we were talking about the U.S. and their center back and who's going to step up. And we have no center backs. And and you're right. I mean, I, I failed to mention John Brooks. I mean, you can make a case that there's five guys competing for those two spots. I mean, amazing what just 10, 11 months does. Oh, without a doubt, it's this new generation. That has stepped up. I mean, a year ago, you know, it was all about college, but Bocanegra still being an option, and Izaguchi Onye were going to come back, and and now you've you've get, gotten this kind of younger group that's stepped in there and really taken it taken it by storm. And I think you're going to see Gonzalez and Beasley be the guys if healthy, if they keep you know keep along their trajectory. And I think Cameron's going to push them. I think Brooks could push them. I think he's got the qualities. You know, once he gets playing, once he gets back to playing regularly at Hertha Berlin, uh, he can continue on his growth pattern i mean on his on his you know evolution as a player he still has some growing up to do though he has one year under his belt as a pro people i think people forget that i think people are too quick to want to anoint him as this amazing you know player and he's, he's good he's good but he's not quite mr like future superstar that you know i think some people are pushing at that that whole idea and i think it, slow it down folks the guy's got quality he's young 
but he has a way. He has ways to go. So for me, I think the center back position is pretty solid. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. One final player we didn't talk about, Sasha Kleschen. I guess he had a average game. I think that's the best way to sum it up. Average? No, it was below average. And here's the thing. It, it, in fairness to him, he's playing a position he hasn't played with the U.S. before uh, in a more advanced role, and it wasn't something he was, he was really comfortable in playing in the four-two-three-one when there's only the one forward in front of him, and he's got the wide guys he's trying to combine with. I mean, Eddie, you know, to his left, Eddie Johnson's like nowhere to be found. It's like, where's Waldo? On his right, Alejandro Bedoya <laughs> is hustling and, and doing what he does, and you know, but not necessarily getting close enough to combine. Behind him, he's got Jermaine Jones, who's like on a Sunday stroll. So it, it, the options were not that great for for Sasha Question. In a game where he's trying to acclimate himself to a position he's not normally used to playing, for the U.S. and I think what ended up happening was he started getting sucked in too deep. And and uh, you know Jurgen Klinsmann mentioned this after the game, pretty much saying that you know that's not what they wanted. They didn't he didn't play the position the way they wanted him to play it. And in fairness to question, he it's not it's not a role he's used to playing. You know, so he struggled with it. And I, I still think question can give you something. I think for me. You know, it's, you know, we're talking about the inconsistency of Jermaine Jones. I want to see Michael Bradley and Sasha Kleshton play together in central midfield, in uh, you know, in a balanced you know midfield because I think they can work off of each other. They they play well together, and and they haven't had that opportunity to play together. And I, and I don't really get it. I think for me, if, if I could see a four three three for the for the Austria game, I'd love to see a a, a triangle uh, in a four three three of Disgrud, Kleshton, and Bradley. In a midfield, and then have you know Bedoya, Josie Altidore, and uh, Aaron Johansson up top and, in a four-three-three, and you have Discrude as the attacking, correct? Right. I mean, it's it, pretty much. It's it's not like a pure playmaker. I mean, it'll you know they, they'll they'll kind of you know one guy comes, one time one guy goes. It's not going to be like the four-two-three-one where that guy's so in, in such an advanced role. Um, but I, I just I'd like to see that the, those three guys work together. And I, for me, I think Kleshin would be at his best if he's a, if you can play him next to Michael Bradley. I, I, I for some reason, you know, Eric uh, Kleshin just doesn't want to do that. And I, I got to say that, and I, I don't know if I've said, I think I've said this before, maybe I haven't. Sometimes I feel Jurgen Klinsmann avoids certain combinations, certain lineups, certain formation ideas because they're too tied to Bob Bradley. That's my opinion. I just feel like he avoids certain, like, you know, the whole idea of the empty bucket. Like, he, he will never play the empty bucket. Why? Because it's kind of associated with, with Bob Bradley. And, and, I, and you know, I, I'd say the same thing about, uh, you know, the, this Sasha question michael Bradley combination, which we saw quite a bit in 2009. I'd like to see it. I think it could work well. I think, I think Sasha Questions is, is playing some of the, the best soccer of his career. And I think him and Bradley have a good understanding. I think we need to see those two play together. And not have question in an advanced role where he's not comfortable. It's not a position he's used to. So I think it was a little bit of a disservice to, to question. But again, it's all it's Klinsman's show. He he wants to try that system. He didn't have the guys that he would normally have in that system. Clint Dempsey would normally play in that role, and, and if not Dempsey, Dominic would normally play in that role. But again, both those guys were missing. So you were in a bit of a tough spot. For me, I would have started Discrude. I said that before the last game. I said get Johansson and Discrude on the field. They are your most promising attacking players right now, young guys who you want to bring along. And for some reason, he didn't play them, maybe because he wants to start them against Austria. That's, you hope that's what's going on, because those are the guys that really look like they have upside and they can really develop in the, in the really promising players for the World Cup. Well, 
this I guess this show also serves as the preview show for the Austria game. Yeah, we we could see a couple lineup changes. I think we could also maybe see a start for Terrence Boyd. Yeah, you know, you would think so. I mean, it's in Vienna uh, where he plays, so uh, you would think that that'd be an option. Although it seems like you know, based on comments and questions made, that we could see the Boyd. I mean, the uh, Josie Atzer Aaron Johansson combo, and that's. You know, if we see that, then chances are we aren't going to see Terrence Boyd. And uh, today, I was, you know, I was tinkering with some lineup ideas, and something that came to mind for me is, is, is why not play Altidore and Boyd together? And I know the first thing that comes to some people's minds is they're too similar, right? They're both, they're both big forwards. <laughs> Duh, obviously, Ivis, come on. But my thing is this: Josie Altidore doesn't have to be a target guy. He doesn't have to just be the holdup guy. He can run off another forward. Like I, I actually remember in his younger days in New York when it was him and Juan Pablo Angel, and he actually did a really good job running off of Juan Pablo Angel. They were a great tandem together. And I and I think you know what it it, it would ha- it would serve. I think it could serve Josie Altidore well to have another big body up there to take some of the pressure off of him, take some of the attention off of him. And that doesn't mean you can't start Johansson. You can start Johansson on the right. You could do a four four two, with Boyd out to the top, Johansson on the right. And I think you know what? I think it'd be worth a try. We saw that in the Bosnia game. That's exactly what happened in the second half. You're gonna move Eddie Johnson up top with Josie Altador, and, and look what happened. Josie Altador had a hat trick in that game because he had another forward up there, big body to help him out. And I think the other thing about Josie that's important, Ivis, is the fact that Josie has over the last year shown a, an ability to play different roles as a forward, you know, being able to drop down to the boss, accept the ball on the wing, distribute from there, and not just be someone who's up top. I mean, Josie has shown that he can move around, and he did that against Skyland. He just wasn't getting the service. So I think you're right. If he can get another guy up there, big body like him, let's take some pressure off him, and I think it'd be great. We saw it against Bosnia, had a hat trick. I mean, maybe we'll see it against Austria. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'd say this. I know some people – look, there's some people who clearly – are quick to get frustrated about the Josie Altidore situation. And it's like, if he doesn't score a goal for a couple of games, it's like, get rid of the guy or bench the guy, put someone else in his spot. And it's like, guys, like, listen, like you'd look at the games and ask yourself, is he getting chances on a red? Is he getting, is it's not like the guy had a half dozen chances and, and missed them all. You know, he did get one chance to Sasha question set up and, you know, he could have did better on, but I mean, it's not a case where his midfield is setting him up, you know? So, uh, take it easy with with, with with the ideas that, you know, he's not good enough. The fact is he is the best forward in this pool. Aaron Johansson is coming on, coming on fast. He's coming on fast. He brings some different qualities, some unique qualities, some qualities we aren't used to seeing mm-hmm. in American forwards. When you talk about the technical quality, the touch, the confidence in close in closed spaces that to, to dribble at people. I mean, he, he has got some – I mean, I you know, I, I was a little late to – buying into the Johansson thing, but having seen him now for a few games and seeing the things that he brings to the table, he is he he's great. He's a great prospect. Now it's not an either or thing. And I and you know, look, let's face it, everyone we all need things to write about. We all need uh, you know ideas to come up with content. But it, it, like the idea that it's an either or situation, it's not. It's not an either or situation. You can play them together absolutely and that's why I think you will see them together because I think they could definitely work well together. Well, one guy we have yet to mention, but but this fits perfectly into the game going into Austria. Demarcus Beasley, uh, I, I thought he had a had a better performance in in this match. But going forward, I mean, can we see Eric Lehigh starting for Demarcus Beasley in this match, or maybe for Brad Evans? Well, I thought Beasley played well, and you know he he he'd had a few rough starts. Uh, in recent months uh, on the national team. And I know that definitely raised some questions about is he really going to be the guy in Brazil? I mean, between now and six months from now, a player of his age, 
Is he starting to diminish? Do we really need to start looking at other options? But I, you know, I thought this was a solid game for him. He played with confidence. He got forward. Uh, he defended well. He, you know, he did everything that was asked of him. And um, you know, I think that's something to build on. As far as you know, Lehigh starting. I mean, I would start him in place of Evans. I would give him a chance to start in his natural position. Um, but he is an option at left back. So who knows? Maybe he gets a half at each side. That for me, that I think that would be probably the best way to go if you're Klinsman and you really want to get a sense of where Lehigh stands. You play him 45 minutes of right back, 45 minutes of left back, and and you have some you know you have some video to work with. You can look at at, at what he how he handles himself at both positions, and that's something to build on. Because I mean, for me, you know, as we all know, I mean, World Cup roster, you want to have some versatility. You want to have some guys who can fill multiple roles. Jeff Cameron's great for that. He can put you know obviously he can play center back, he can play right back, he can play defensive midfielder, and Eric Lehigh can be that kind of player as well. And Fabian Johnson, obviously, so. It's great to have these kind of guys, these Swiss Army knife guys that can play, can get, can can do a lot of different things. I think Lehigh is that type of player. So, you know, I know for those people who aren't really don't know much about Lehigh or aren't sold on Lehigh or have heard me spend the the better part of the last year talking about how this guy needs to get called up, I think now we're going to get a chance to see where he stands. And I, I tell you what, I think he's going to do well. Well, I think everyone learned who he was with the uh, with that haircut he uh, displayed during the match. Well, he's yeah. I mean, that's you know, he's. I don't think he was a complete stranger before that. I thought, I, I remember him actually when he was Aston Villa. He had a pretty gnarly mustache for. for I know, he's uh, always had weird hair, man. He always has like some something. Yeah, different he had like it. a nice Fu Manchu thing going on for. It might have been November, November of last year. Well, moving over to Major League Soccer on Tuesday, Orlando City is set to make some some headlines, Ivis, and some very positive news in the worst kept secret of all time. <laughs> not all time, but it might be the worst kept secret of the past few months in MLS, and that's the fact that Orlando City is about to announce that they will be the 21st uh, franchise in Major League Soccer. Uh, we all know this was coming, and uh, you know they made the announcement last week, and I actually received the uh, received a scarf from the fine folks in Orlando. Yeah, what's up with that? Why did you get one? How come I didn't get one? I host this show. Nobody knows who you are, dude. I host the show. <laughs> They at least know my voice. They're like, who's that annoying kid that talks when Ivis isn't talking? That must, that must, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I got the scarf because of the SBI show. We're not, I don't think we're quite there yet. One what? day, one, one day we'll be there. One I day. like to think we are. People stop me in the street all the time. <laughs> we, we haven't had a review since October, man. I think the, I think the steam has gone out. I think the show's on its, on its deathbed. Maybe it is. I know. We have to cancel it after, after one year. And look, look how far we've gone. We're going to do 100 shows and just wrap it up. That's it. I'm okay with that. That means I'll go to bed at a normal time. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about? Orlando. Oh, yeah. What, are you the one now that hasn't slept? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I didn't get any sleep this weekend, man. There you go. I my, uh, On Friday night, I was down in Tucson checking out FC Tucson for Chivas USA, and I spent the night at my brother's fraternity house. Oh, my God. Mm. It was it was absolutely disgusting. I didn't get any sleep there. It was so loud. You were like the grumpy old man there. Nice. Oh my! I, I felt so old, man. I, I'm not old, but I felt old. But like, I'm walking through this place, and I'm like, God, when I was a sophomore in college, like my place looked just like this, and that was like seven years ago, and like I was like thinking how disgusting it looked. It was, yeah, it was quite interesting. You don't worry about those things when you're like 21. Oh 20. yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't care. It's your place. You, yeah. It, the thing that I always I always found amazing is that girls always came over. So like at their house, I mean, there was just trash everywhere. There were holes in the walls. And yet somehow, like, there's still girls hanging out, like, acting like it's no big deal. I'm like, this, it amazes me. College is, yeah, college is college. Long time ago, my friend. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Okay, Orlando City. (laughs) 
memories. <laughs> Getting all nostalgic over here, thinking about the college days. Ah, I know. Man. I went tailgating. Okay, we don't. I gotta say though, my co- to be fair, my co- I thought my college apartment was pretty clean. I thought you know, I had my share of parties, but what color was the, what color was the carpet? It was kind of a dark color. It was kind of a, was it, it was a good was it color dark for when stain. you left or dark when you moved in. It was always dark. It was it was a dark color. It was good, which is good because you couldn't see stains. So <laughs> you spill some spill some beer on there, you'd be good to go. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. What was like the drinking game when you were in college? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, you know what? We didn't really do drinking games. I didn't really do it. I mean, obviously, I think beer pong's been around since since forever because I think Jordan played beer pong when Jordan was in college. He's older than me, but uh, um. I don't know, man. We just, you know what? We just drank and uh, and and listened to music and dance, man. We were that's how we did it up. Life was so simple, man. I know. You actually had to show up places. You can't, you know. Now it's like you can call someone yourself and go, "Where are you?" But like then, I feel like you had to show up no matter what. Cell phones. <sighs> they, didn't even, they didn't even have cell phones when I was in college. Come on. I know it's insane. All right, all right. We we we've totally gone off on the time. Was, Atlanta was, City. Good congratulations, Atlanta City. It's great news. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm looking forward to the to going down there for road trips and uh, you know, Orlando City's up and next is uh, Miami is, is gaining steam now is looking like they're going to be next. They're going to be number 22 and uh, I know the people in in Florida are pretty excited. It's been a good you know it's been a dozen years since MLS left and uh, you know I, I know I know for a fact there's a lot of fans down there that that you know are anxious to get MLS back in Florida. I think Orlando's going to do well. They have a good group, good organization there. And that's a big part of it, right? I mean, I know people want to talk about, oh, Florida, it's tough to get fans out on a consistent basis. It's all about the organization, folks. If you have the right people running your organization, you will succeed. If you don't have the right people running your organization, it doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. You're, not going to do, you're not going to do well. We're going to drop down a level, talk college soccer. Everyone, like I said, we're going to talk college soccer on the show quite frequently because Ivis is the Mel Kuyper of the MLS Super Draft, hair and everything. Uh, this, <laughs> I wish. This, I, wish. <laughs> this, I know he has great hair. Uh, this past weekend, Ivis, it was college conference tournament play. Uh, lots of upsets, lots of teams making big time news. Break it down for us. What ha- what transpired over the weekend? Well, before I get into results, I do want to talk about college soccer in the general sense that it it always makes me laugh at the at the at the just general hate there is for the sport on your instagram the, account the, on your instagram account some guys are being mean to you today <coughs> well you know what i'll tell you what no one says anyone has to love it no one says it's it's you know european level uefa champions league caliber soccer no one's saying that <clears throat> but there is value in it it's still an important part of the development system and i think that's what like people hold against like the main issue i feel like a lot of people have against soccer, college soccer is the fact that it you know it's it's not an ideal development system and my thing is this no kidding no one argues that everyone acknowledges that you know what not enough games not enough practice time uh the, some of the rules are pretty ridiculous we get all that it's a flawed it's a flawed game however having said that it has filled a role an important role and it continues to fill an important role and until the day comes that there are enough Pro academies around the country to, to, to handle a country this size, college soccer is going to have a role to play. And, and I think people need to stop, you know, looking for reasons to hate it and try to see the value in it, try to see the, the, the quality in it. And there is quality in it. There's, there's players every year. There's quality players coming into the league, coming into MLS and, and even going to Europe 
from the from the college game, and, and there is quality there, and, and that's for me. That's why I, I follow it closely. I, I, you know, I don't follow it just because I'm a fan of college soccer. I follow it because that's where the prospects are. That's where the next wave of of pro talent is coming in from. And I tell you what, they're, they're, the superstar college player is a bit of a uh, fading, uh, you know, myth at this point. It's like there aren't as many of those high level prospects going the college route, but there's a lot of quality. There's a lot of players who are going to make rosters. A lot of players are going to end up playing a lot on the next level. And I think that's what people need to realize. So enough, I'll get off the soapbox, but I'll just say, listen, folks, you don't have to love it. Obviously it's flawed. Some, so a lot of the games are not great, but you know, the point of watching it is to see if you can find those diamonds in the rough, those gems, those players who could be, you know, uh, uh, like a Graham Zussi or a Matt Beesler or or Omar Gonzalez or Brad Guzan, you know, all these guys that had come through the college ranks. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Yedlin. DeAndre Yedlin played, uh, played at Akron for two years. So I, it, it, there's talent there, folks. That, that's the point. That's why college soccer still matters. Now, on to the results. It was championship weekend. Today was championship Sunday uh, where 18 conference champions were crowned, 18 births into the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, there were some upsets. There were some big ones. Indiana University getting into the tournament with a losing record. They're the defending national champions. They played an absurdly difficult schedule, and it, it bit them. It bit them in the butt early on. They lost a lot of games, but they've rallied here. They knocked off Northwestern. They're in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, it's it's, cra- it's funny. The funny thing about Indiana is they had a losing record, but they have a ton of they, – they have several quality pro prospects on that team. And I think it's great that they're in the tournament now. They're going to cause problems. And people, you, you, you know, you're going to want to watch them because there's some guys on that team that if you're an MLS fan, your MLS team just might draft. So you have them. You have Maryland obviously winning, uh, scoring late to beat uh, Virginia. Uh, Patrick Mullins, another top prospect for the 2014 MLS draft, <clears throat> basically cr- uh, creates the winning goal uh, with, with a cross that became an own goal. Big win for Maryland. Uh, <clears throat> another win, uh, another conference and one of the bigger shockers of Sunday was uh, UConn falling in penalty kicks to South Florida. Uh, that was a big one, uh, not only because, you know, to see UConn goalkeeper Andre Blake defeated in penalties, even though he had a great penalty round. He saved three. He got his fingertips to two others. Uh, you know, he, he he did his part. UConn's PK takers did not do their part. And that's something that UConn has, has, has had happen through the years. But South Florida, give him credit. They won. They're in the tournament. And if they didn't win, they probably don't get in the tournament. So in cases of, of teams like South Florida, Indiana, teams getting into the tournament uh, that wouldn't or otherwise have been in, that is costing other teams. Just like you know, if you follow college basketball, you know about the bubble. Same thing in, in, in college soccer uh, where some teams are now going to miss the tournament because of that, because, because of some of these teams kind of bursting the bubble. So – the selection show is on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's on Monday at noon uh, on the NCAA website, and uh, that's when the 48-team field will be announced. Uh, I'm going to project the 48-team field for the morning, so you can check that out on SBI. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're going to hear this show before or after that, but you know, hopefully, it'll be at the same time. But uh, you know, I'll be on top of that, so we'll have all the conference final results and our projected 48 on SBI on Monday. Uh, you also mentioned. South Florida, Ivis, you know, people talk about, oh, the college game, blah, blah, blah. Nevin Subotic played for South Florida, and he plays for Dortmund. So there you go. Uh, some other teams, Ivis, that won Washington. The Pac-12 doesn't have a conference champion, but Washington won their first title since 2000. 
uh, you know, some other teams out there winning their games. But yeah, I mean, you, you like I said, we'll have full coverage on the website, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have some of these guys hopefully coming on our show as we get close to the uh, the MLS draft, like we had last year with Andrew Farrell and Eric Zavaleta and some of the other guys. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I think anybody who reads SBI who, or who's read it for a while, you know that we're always on top of the of the MLS draft prospects, and and this week is uh, is when I'm planning a drop. My first uh, big board, which is you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna list. I'm going to rank the top 50 uh, MLS draft prospects. Yes, I know there aren't even 50 picks in the draft. Actually, this year they might be. I think they changed it around a little bit. But we're going to we're going to try to have for you who the top players are, who the who the players that teams are looking at most interested in, who the G- Generation Adidas targets are. It's kind of a weak class on the Generation Adidas front. Uh, I'd say that, but there's definitely some depth in in this draft. There's some good center backs. If your team needs a center back, this is a pretty good draft for that. So, uh, you know, you're going to want to stay tuned to SBI. We're going to have all that coverage uh, over the next few months. As far as the NCAA tournament, I don't want to put you on the spot, Ivis, but uh, do you have a favorite? Well, I'll tell you what. Maryland is starting to roll right now, so I think you, you have to look at them. They started the season slow. They, you know, they have a pair of freshman center backs. They, struck, they struggled a bit, but I think they're starting to come into their own. Uh, they're, they're in that mix. I think Georgetown's a team you have to consider. Uh, UCLA, who was my number one team preseason, uh, they're a young team with the, you know, the top recruiting class in the nation. That freshman group has really come of age, especially late in the year. They really turned it on, uh, their team that you have to consider Washington, obviously, you know, winning the pack pack 12 that, and, and overcoming the loss of, of goalkeeper Spencer Ritchie, who broke his leg early in the year. Uh, you have to consider them. So I think that that's the group, but you know what? There's no. I don't think there's a clear, clear cut number one this year that you could say, oh, this is like the team that no one wants to see. I'd say if you want to talk about like a top five, it's probably go UCLA, Washington, Maryland, uh, Notre Dame's pretty good, Georgetown. I think those are the favorite. I think that group right there is probably, you know, that five is the, if you want to talk about a fab five, I put my money on one of those teams winning it all. All right. Well, before we wrap up the show, we need to talk about World Cup qualifiers. Obviously, USA is already advanced, so they're not playing in any of these final playoff home-and-home games. European games, Ivis. Uh, France looked horrible on the road against Ukraine. Portugal sneaked one out over Sweden. Greece, three goals. Unbelievable. And Iceland, Croatia played to a scoreless draw. Uh, we're going to see lots of uh, heavy action on Tuesday. Lots of teams. I mean, you could almost say that every single team still has an opportunity to, uh, to advance. Right. I mean, I think, I think the France result is really surprising people when you look at them, and and the and they're in a bit of trouble. You know, the, Ukraine is not an easy team to deal with, and uh, obviously they're going back to France for the second leg. But a two goal deficit, it, it, it's going to be some heavy lifting for for the French. So uh, that one's going to bear watching. Uh, you know, Portugal did well to get that one goal. They needed to get at least one uh, playing at home. But you know what, Sweden, it's all there for Sweden. Sweden's pretty good at home, and. You know, you, you got to figure Ibrahimovic is good for a goal at home. So I think that's, I mean, that's obviously the one everyone's going to want to watch. Iceland, you know, they got the dr- scoreless draw at home. That's not ideal, but they're still alive and anything's possible for them. And it is a little interesting, you know, to think about the whole Aaron Johansson situation <laughs> and, and the fact that I'm sure a lot of people are like, you know, when he did decide to play for the U.S. and some people were like, well, if he wants to play in a World Cup, you should play for the U.S. But now here's Iceland. Iceland could end up being in the tournament and uh, in the World Cup. And just imagine if. USA and Iceland end up in the same group. And you get Aaron Johansson, Aaron Johansson against Iceland. I mean, that's just classic. So it, it, it's just crazy to think about. And I tell you what, it's it, the, the World Cup draw is fast approaching, folks. It's uh, beginning of December, right? It's the same week as MLS Cup. That's going to be a pretty crazy week. 
Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, I tell you what, listen, listen, folks, just prepare yourself. Just assume at this point the U.S. is going to be in a group of death. Because, I, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a, there's going to be multiple groups of death. I just feel like the U.S. is going to be in one. And just deal with it. Because you know what? The U.S. being in the group will make it help make it a group of death. So just how it is. In uh, the other uh, regions, games, Uruguay, all over Jordan, 5-0. So Uruguay, they should be in. Uh, Mexico, as we said, all over New Zealand. Uh, not surprising. I, I think... For me, I, I see France's problem like Mexico's, Ivis, where France is just calling Henri, just get an old aging star to come back and lead them to victory. No, nah, <laughs> uh, I think Henri is all right. I don't think I don't think Henri needs to come back. I think the, you know the French have they have a ton of talent. This is the crazy part. I know. Uh, you know, it's still there. It's there for them. It's there for the taking. You know, they need to they need to score at least twice. They're gonna have to probably score three times to win. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, Ukraine is tough. Don't, don't, no doubt about it. But you know, it's. I don't think it's over for the French just yet. Yeah, I, I think dude, with Ribéry and Benzema, you just there's too much quality there. Um, Africa, I guess some teams have already qualified, punched their ticket in. Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria, Cameroon are in. Egypt. They're going to play Ghana on Tuesday, Ivis. That's going to be a big game. Egypt has to come back from a five-goal deficit. It can be very difficult for them and. Uh, I mean, anything can happen, but it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's over. Let's just admit it. I mean, all you can hope for is Egypt to, to show well, you know, and, and, and put in a good game for the fans there. Uh, and, and you want to – I mean, let's face it, it's probably going to be Bob Bradley's last game for Egypt, so you want to see them do well for him and, 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 and kind of end things in a, in a respectable uh, note for them because, you know, they've had a great qualifying run and, and it, it's come up short against a really tough Ghana team. And, you know, you got to take your hat off, hats off to Ghana, but um, you know that's what it's, they're not going to come back. I just not, you know, it may, if I'm jinxing them, you know, more all the better. But it, let's be realistic, right? Ghana is stacked. They are stacked. They're the, the most talented. They're probably the most talented team in Africa. Uh, they might win the game outright, but you know what? Egypt, I think they're going to put in a strong showing to give their fans something to feel good about. Well, Ivis, that wraps up today's show. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. And, uh, man, you have uh, you have tons of work to get to to get all your college stuff up on Monday. Yes, sir. I mean, I, well, on Monday we're just going to have the projected 48, which I have all kinds of – I pretty much – I actually have – I mean, I'll give, I'll give folks a quick rundown of my 48. I'll just run it down for you real quick, see if you're paying attention. All right, ready? Let's go. UCLA, Washington. Maryland, Notre Dame, California, New Mexico, Maryland, Baltimore County, Georgetown, UCSB, William and Mary, Michigan State, Penn State, Virginia, Wake Forest, Marquette, Old Dominion, Creighton, Akron, UC Irvine, Clemson, North Carolina, Cal State, Northridge, Charlotte, Gonzaga, Louisville, Yukon, Providence, Delaware, Coastal Carolina, Navy, Elon, George Mason, South Florida, Loyola Marymount, Drexel, Penn, Indiana, East Tennessee State, Seattle University, Denver, Bradley, Quinnipiac, St. Francis of Brooklyn, Wisconsin. And he's, these are the five bubble teams, by the way. Five bubble teams that are the last five to get in as at-larges. Wisconsin, Illinois, Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. And that's the forty-eight. Now there's a couple teams on the bubble that could knock out those five, and the and the bubble teams for me: Stanford, St. John's, Northwestern, Virginia Commonwealth, Furman, and Tulsa. And I think for me, the 48 will come from that group that I just mentioned. 
But I think those five are probably going to fall short. Although for me, I think some of those teams should be in. I think Stanford should be in. I think St. John should be in. Um, but you know, co- the college the college soccer RPI system I think is a little flawed. You know, some of the teams get high RPIs even though they really didn't play anybody. It's a little unfortunate, but it is. It's the system that they have. It's the system that they use. So look out on on Monday at noon at the selection show, and uh, we'll be able to see how my picks stacked up against those. Where did you have Wisconsin Milwaukee at? Did you mention you mentioned them right? Uh, well, they go by Milwaukee now. So uh, I have them in that in that uh, I have them in, and uh, I have them at forty. I have them in that in that bubble group, but I have them getting in. Gotcha, so. gotcha. All right. Let me just ask about them. <laughs> no, no, no particular reason. So random. <laughs> um, no, I, I was just looking at teams that won conference games, and I'm, I was just looking through, and um, just that, that was the only team that I saw right away. Uh, <laughs> um, and for other various reasons. Ivis, that wraps up the show, man. I think you're drunk, man. Are you all right? Yeah, you got to stop drinking on <laughs> I, no, I, I just You need some sleep. I think you need some sleep. No, 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 no. I, I just I know two guys who play on that team. That's why that's oh, what, you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, yeah, man. I saw your your boy Coco Navarro uh, and Marquette. They won the Big East Championship today. Yeah, man, that's uh, it's really good for Coco, man. He's a he's a very solid kid. Um, kid, it's crazy, crazy to think I'm referencing people as kids. Strange. Yeah, that is that is that is, yeah, is weird. Because I mean, I'm like 13, so you know, you're, you're pretty old actually. <laughs> Not as old as you. Oh. Uh, Ivis, that wraps it up, man. Have a have a good night, and uh, I'll talk to you later this week. Ivis and I will be back. We will recap the Austria game. So enjoy the game, Ivis. Thanks. We will be back on Tuesday. We will. Uh, it'll be after that that U.S. Austria game, and we'll also have our Q and A. So uh, mm-hmm. if you're listening to the show, remember you can you can feel free as you're listening right now to the show. Tweet us some questions. Hashtag Ask the SBI Show. Think of a good one. Send it along. We'll see it when we do the show. Doesn't matter when you send it, just send it along and, and, and we'll, we'll round up some questions for that Tuesday show. So be sure to get a question. And they could be anything. I mean, they don't have to be soccer related. Soccer slash pop culture. Don't <laughs> we, we don't, you know, we, we're not going to give you relationship advice. Oh, man. Wanna, I, would, we, I would love to do that. We, that's what we should do. That's a different show that Garrett has. It's, uh, it's, called, uh, a, it's called AZ Loves It. Actually, <laughs> <the> show. <laughs> there you go. Dude, the reason why I'm laughing is because everyone takes. Like, you know, my website, the AZ, and they'll add, like, stupid phrases to it at the end, like that one right there. That, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, there you go. That sounds like, that sounds like a moneymaker, so better get on it. Uh, yeah, John, John Arnold came up with one one time that was pretty good. I don't know if it's safe to say on the show, though. Yeah, probably not. If you have to, <laughs> if you have to think about it, probably not. Safe. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, but, yeah, Ivis, as Ivis said, he, you and I will be back. So, Ivis, have a good night, man. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. One last thing. Yes. Try, if you haven't given us a rating yet on iTunes... <laughs> Find it in your heart. Give us a rating. doesn't have to be a perfect rating. doesn't have to be a five. It'd be great if it's a five. But if you get a chance, give us a rating. That helps our, uh, helps our standing in the, uh, in the show community there on uh, iTunes. So if you get a chance, give us a rating. Do you know, you know the problem is, is you're, not giving away, get, you're not giving away freebies or giveaways. You need to dig something up like that newspaper from the Japan uh, World Cup in 2002. That could be a good giveaway, Ivis. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants that. Um, I thought it was pretty well, cool. For, for, for what for people who have no idea what Garrett's talking about, I, uh, I I sent out an Instagram photo of a front page of a Japanese newspaper from the day after the 2002 World Cup, 
and it was a picture of Ronaldo celebrating one of his goals. That was a you know the first World Cup final that I ever covered in a great time. And I was cleaning out the office. And I found that newspaper, and it was it was pretty great, uh, just kind of seeing that. And you know, I do have a lot of stuff in in my office that I could do giveaways with. So maybe that is something I'm gonna have to start doing. Yeah, you need to give the fan. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna say. Um, You're drunk. Yeah, You're <laughs> sleep deprived. Sleep, sleep deprived. deprived. That's what it is. Ivis, uh, have a have a have a good week, man, and uh, enjoy the game. Thanks, man. No more peyote. No, no more. Uh, And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I will be back again later this week. This is the SBS Show.